Hello, welcome to Enlightened Empaths with Samantha and Denise. We're so happy to have you join us once again. This week we are talking about a subject that is so important to intuitive empaths and really to everyone. We are going to be talking about cord cutting. What is an energetic cord? How can you see or feel or sense a cord? What do you do? Are there good cords, bad cords? Um, how can you get rid of them? How can you create positive ones? And all sorts of new and enlightening information about energetic cords in our lives. So we are so grateful that you have joined us once again, and we hope you're having a wonderful week. If you um, can, just sit back, pour yourself a nice cup of tea, take some notes, relax, and just hopefully you can learn along with us about this exciting concept of cords. How are you doing, Denise? I'm wonderful. Thank you. I'm really excited about this topic. I think it's so important right now. I do too. And I'm, you know, cord cutting is something that I think most intuitives are pretty well versed in. But you had come to me and said, I wanted to do a show on cord cutting about different things, not just cutting cords from people, but cutting cords from maybe aspects of ourselves that we're ready to let go of and, and other exciting things like that. And I thought, this is something we need to research and discuss on the show. So we thought that we would start out by talking about some very general information um, about cords, cord cutting, and, and just kind of start off as like an intro. And then we'll go into some more specifics of some new information that's been coming to light about cord cutting. So I don't know about you, Denise, but when someone asks me what is cord cutting, I always think of it as energy. You know, whenever you have a connection to somebody, there is an energetic cord that is connected between you and that person. So um, we have cords between like neighbors and coworkers and acquaintances, but those cords are very thin and they don't have a lot of intensity or emotion to them. So they don't affect us so much. But then you have cords to people that you have strong ties to. And think about that word that phrasing I just used, you know, strong ties. I mean, that's, that's a euphemism for a cord. And so you will have very strong energetic cords going to family members, uh, very close friends, um, bosses, uh, lovers, partners, people like that in your life. And what this cord does between you and this other individual is it allows for energy to exchange between you two. The deeper the connection, the stronger the cord. Now, we also have cords going to our pets as well. And every time you have intimate relations with someone, a cord is created, which I think is something important to think about. Um, I, I think that's incredibly important, especially with, and, and not judgmental at all, but in this era of swipe right, there, there is just a, a, a freedom that hasn't been visited since the 60s and early 70s as far as, you know, it, with, with it, physical intimacy. But for highly empathic, highly intuitive people, that does it, exactly what you just said. It does cause a chord, but it also, um, it, it, there's an intensity with that because of, of the interaction of energies. That's right. And I just think it's something, you know, Denise and I are the least judgy people you'll meet. Um, mm -hmm. So we're not saying, like, don't swipe right and don't have fun ever again. But we are saying. <laughs> protect yourself. Protect yourself and, and think twice about it. Yeah. Because even though 
I feel that that has been made to be such a, almost a frivolous act lately. It's not. And there really is an energetic exchange. Even if you know that person for one evening, there is an intense energetic uh event that is exchanged during that time that needs to be considered, especially if you are an intuitive empath. You know, a long time ago, I read something on this, and we're, we're talking years ago, and it said that once you, you do have that, that level of connection with someone, it almost can cause, like, you know how you'll keep bringing back someone that you really don't want to have in your life, but there's a, a physical connection, and it said that it's almost like you're you're sending out a homing homing beacon, and and with that exchange. And I always thought that was very interesting. That's a great imagery, because to me, that's how that's how chords work in general. Like it, yes. you know, if you've ever just been driving along to work, like thinking about all the work that's waiting for you when you walk into the office, and then suddenly you think about you know your college roommate, you know Pamela. And you're like, huh, I wonder what Pamela's been up to. And like, why the heck did she pop into my head? And then maybe a day or two or even three days later, Pamela will call you and say, hey, I really need a reference for this job I'm applying for. Or, you know, my husband and I are coming into town. We'd love to visit you, whatever it might be. And you might be thinking, that's so weird. I was just thinking about you three days ago. But it's not weird. It's that energy being sent like a beacon through that cord. Because what exactly. those chords do, what those chords, when those chords are created energetically between you and the individual, they are created to exchange energy between you two, which should be great and should be wonderful and should be a balanced thing in a perfect world. But as we know, life is not always perfect and people are not always balanced. And the exchange of energy between two people is not always even. So when That's you very have well put. It's very what? That was very well put. Yes. Oh, thank very you. Well said. You're welcome. Um and so when you have this uneven exchange of energy in a cord, it becomes toxic, muddy, and and then what it happens especially for the empath is it drains our energy. I mean, sometimes when I'm with like I I I happen to be a reforming energy vampire. <laughs> Not energy vampire, energy vampire magnet. Okay. I'm working really, really hard on not attracting energy vampires. But in the past, I've been really good at it. And I assume you have been too, Denise, because Some most empaths are. Yes. <laughs> so I've known many, many, many energy vampires in my life. And I was doing a cord cutting meditation on one of the energy manipulators in my circle and so well and Denise and I will will walk you through like a like a very simple guided meditation you could do to to cut your own cords but I was just imagining this person standing in front of me and I was just imagining the cords between us and I was trying to see what the cord looked like and where it was plugged in and and I had this image in my meditation of this person pulling the cord out from his heart chakra and putting it into his mouth and just like sucking all my energy dry. Oh, oh, that's graphic. Yeah. It was, I know, I'm sorry. We wow. Can it out. it no, was, I know. No. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't mean in a bad way. I meant in a very, uh, you really hit that home with, with how, how, how big this can be. So anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And well, it's just, I don't know how, you know, 
literal that meditation was, but it was such a good image for me to realize wow, there are people in my life who are stealing my energy, not even just draining it, but stealing it. And I I think that's a really good point about the visualization, because I I read something this morning on how a lot of times cords will attach to specific chakras and energy centers, and that can give you uh, an idea of, you know, if it's in your heart chakra, that it's more of an emotional thing, or is it your solar plexus, so it's a, a power connection, or... but. I know that in the past when I felt corded, it has sometimes felt like um, uh, a hook, you know, like and in, in, in my back. Like a lot of times when you feel like, oh, I'm being stabbed in the back or there's something, something's going on that's negative in your environment. So I don't really fully agree with that fact that it com- cords completely line up with your, your chakras. I think some may, but I think some, some it's, it's also paying attention to your physical reaction. So when you, you're visualizing that, and literally there was a, years ago, there was a very toxic person I worked with, and it felt like um, the three-pronged hooks are treble hooks, and I had one in my shoulder, and that was the visual visualization I got. And I did a removal thing, and it was amazing, the difference. And I, I was physically having pain in my shoulder at the time, and then I did the, the uh, meditation to figure out what, what it was from. So I think that, that that's another important thing to, to remember is that it doesn't it, it can it can manifest in a lot of different ways. Yes, that's so important. Cords can hook in anywhere on the body, feet, ankles, shoulders, head. Uh, most of them do tend to line up on the torso with the different chakras, but that's not a hundred percent true. So you've got to check your whole you've got to scan your whole body when you're checking for cords. Um, now, if someone and do you agree about that that physical connection? Like, as you become more sensitive, and as empaths, a lot of us are sensitive physically. Uh, do you feel the cords when you get them, or do you more visualize them? Um, sometimes I feel them. the The stronger the person's energy is, the stronger I will feel the cord. Okay, me too. Um, so sometimes if someone, it takes me a while to figure out who it is. Well, do you ever meet somebody and you can almost feel that they're trying to impose their energy on you? Yes. You know, when like they shake your hand really hard and they stare you in the eye a little too long and their voice is a little too loud and yes. you can just tell they're trying to like use their energy to make you realize that they're bigger? I don't know. It's just a feeling I get with some people. Those types of people, if they are negatively inclined, I will feel those cords. And I have had situations with negative people in my life where I have felt, I mean, I've, you can ask my massage therapist because I'll, I'll go to her all the time and I'll say, that knife in my back is back. <laughs> because there's someone who cords right behind my heart chakra and it feels like like a knife between my shoulder blades. And I think we can take a tip from Louise Hay, you know, when she says, like, who's the pain in your neck? Right. You know, who are exactly. you carrying on your shoulder? Who yeah, has stabbed I'm- you in your back? Who's who's the pain in your middle? Who's the? So I think you can take, you know, words that we use. Oh, that person makes me sick. That person gives me a headache. Um, and, and those can give us clues as to what's going on with uh, their energy and our cords connected to them. 
I've also noticed as more and more people are are doing spiritually based work or want to do readings or work as intuitives, that sometimes when I'm doing a reading for someone face to face, I can feel them trying to to pull off of my energy. And, and that's relatively new, I'm going to say, in the last six months or so. But when that happens, I, I protect myself and I send them, you know, love and light. But I've no, I, I think it's important to, to realize that it's, it, it can be people courting on to you who are not coming from a dark place, but their intentions are, are similar in that they want to pull from you, not have an equal uh, reciprocity or exchange of energy. Oh, that's such a good point. Yes. And and I don't even, I think you said that really well, because I don't think they're doing it consciously. No, no. I think once Many in a times. blue, you get someone who's very conscious of it. And, you know, I can share a story at some point, but where I went to a home and I did feel like it was, it, that was the reason I was there. Um, but. Um, so they could just like take your, your lovely light? Pretty much. Wow. It was bizarre. It, it was, um, you know how when, when you, you'll set up a reading or go to a home or whatever, and you know something doesn't feel right about it, but you do it anyway. So basically, you ignore your intuition, which... Right, right. <laughs> I've never done that. What's that like, Denise? <laughs> <laughs> so, so what'd you I, do? I think, well, I ended up at this home, and, you know, beautiful big home, and they had me... Oh, we want you to go upstairs and do readings. And I, and I was, and, and I could hear stuff going on downstairs. And I thought, so after I finished and the woman who had set it up, I said, because there were quite a few people and I just kept feeling like almost nauseous, really drained, uh, my shoulders hurt. And I thought, wow, I hope I'm not coming down with something. But, you know, that's that, that blessing for any of you that do readings, you know, you can step out and, and they'll, they'll help you get through the, the evening or whatever you're doing. So when I was leaving, I, I went down and I said to the woman, well, don't you want a reading? And she said, oh, no, no, I just set this up for other people, which I always thought was, huh, that's kind of weird. But I said, well, I could hear you all downstairs. What were you doing? And she gave me this really funny look. And she said, oh, well, we were doing ceremony while you were upstairs. And so what I, I talked to a friend of mine who, who is, is also an intuitive, and she said, Denise, the visual, the picture I got in my head was I saw a circle downstairs and they were just pulling all your energy. And that's why you felt so crappy. And I, I it really kind of creeped me out. <laughs> um, wow. But because I but I, that goes back to what I'm saying is that. You know, do this for the do, with the cords. Yes, we cord onto people. We cord onto our children, our parents, people we love. But there are people who are going to try to to take your light, yeah. and and it goes back to that polarities that we talk about all the time. So, yeah. Anyway, well, and and it goes back to that equal exchange of energy. Okay, that story yes. is still kind of scary me. I have to tell you. <laughs> anyway, all right. <laughs> um. Yeah, there has to be that equal exchange of energy. Like, and this is what I've what I do in my life, um, because I think so many empaths attract people who tend to use us as the psychic on call or the free mm-hmm. therapist or what have you. Pay attention to the exchange of energy when you're talking to a, a friend, a coworker, what have you, and see how often do they look you in the eye and say. How are you doing? Tell me what's new with you. 
Or how often do they say, um, hey, remember you told me you had a doctor's appointment coming up. How did that go? Or, hey, isn't next month the anniversary of your mom passing? Are you feeling okay? Like just if, if people are checking in with you and asking you how you are doing, that's a good sign of an equal energy energetic relationship because I'm assuming you're doing the same with them. And but if you're with, be, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, if you're with someone who isn't checking in with you, it's always about them. It's They always are needy and they don't notice it because their life is so dramatic and traumatic that they don't have time to focus in on you. That's the sign of some friend that you might need to cut the cord to. And, and I, sometimes that can be um, someone that's been in your life for a long time and and with that, there's some pain involved when you finally, like <laughs> what, what I refer to is like the closet narcissist, that you think you're really close friends, you think there's an exchange, but when you're talking on the phone and you listen and you listen and you listen, and then you say, oh, but I'm going, and as soon as you start talking about yourself, they say, oh, I've got to go now. Oops, sorry, I'm busy. And, and it's always, they never hear your side of, they never, exactly what you just said, but also it it takes a long time sometimes to catch on because we care deeply about these people. Right. And that's and, hard. And, I mean, really, this is how I look at it. I don't know if you see it this way, but narcissists get their high by, you know, focusing on themselves and always needing something. But I feel that empaths also get a high by fixing and helping and healing and focusing on others, I feel that the negative side of being empathic is that we are excellent distractors and we can distract from our own shit, excuse my language, by focusing on other people's stuff. It's also it's, why we make such really good codependents. Exactly. And so I think for a the unenlightened empath enjoys being around narcissist because it gives the unenlightened empath an excuse to not focus on their own hurt and pain or shame or anger or whatever it might be and focus instead on the narcissist who has an unending supply <laughs> of crap that needs to be fixed and healed. I love that. I think that, it, that you're spot on. That's an excellent way to put that. So what happens oftentimes is when the empath awakens and becomes enlightened and realizes, oh, I need to work on my shadow side and I need to heal myself and send some light to me and I need to stop allowing these narcissists to pull on my energy and drain it all. Well, by then you might be four, five, 10, 12, 20 years into this relationship with these narcissists. So cutting the cords is going to be hard, but it can be done. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it can be done not necessarily simply, but fairly easily if there is consistent effort put into it. But it can also be releasing the negative and dysfunctional parts of the relationship. It might not be completely severing a relationship, but letting go of those, the the the, the tarry parts that you know that the the stuff that doesn't feel good. It it might not be completely ending a relationship, but just ending those parts of it. 
Yeah, and that's really what we want to talk about when we get to the nitty-gritty of cord cutting, because I like I like that idea that it's not black or white, it's not either or. It can be just cutting cords to that side of, of that relationship. Um, let's talk about signs that you might have a corded connection to somebody. You know, like what people can look out for. I think obviously the feeling drained, feeling fatigued, feeling, uh, you know, just physically wiped out. Um, One thing that I had, and I never really made the connection, but I read about was when you're obsessive. And this might be a cord that you're sending out or a reaction to a cord you're receiving. But when you can't get someone out of your head and it's obsessive, but it's coming from a fear-based place. I think that's an indication of a negative cord. Agreed. Uh, spiritual stagnation. You know, when you're, you're stuck, you can't make your connection to your inner guidance or you're feeling flat energetically. I think that those are all signs. Sometimes depression. I think depression a lot of times um, or a sense of hopelessness can be a sign of a negative cord. I agree. And I think strong emotions like anger or fear or anxiety or joy in the case of a positive cord. Um, if, if a person pops into your mind a lot or shows up in your dreams or they call soon after you think of them and they, like in the example I gave before, um, pay attention. You know, this has been a really good indicator for me, Denise, when someone texts me, I pay attention to how I feel that first second I see a text from them. <laughs> I and that's funny because I have I, you know and this is the the beauty of living in this technology age is, and I there's people that I care about deeply but sometimes when I see the name pop up on the phone I think I can't do this right now. Yeah. And it, it's not that I don't care or that I don't want but I I, I get it. Yes, it, it's selective. Right. And I think that first, like if you're out, you know, if you're having lunch, if you're at the beach, if you're, you know, doing something fun and you get a text from somebody that you have a really nice cord from or with and you look at their name, you go, oh, I can't wait to talk to them. Let me tell them I'll, you know, I'll be done here in a minute. Mm-hmm. Or if you get a text from someone with whom there might be a not so great cord, you might think, oh, I've got to deal with that when I'm done with this. Let me text them and tell them I won't be ready for an hour. So just pay attention to your body. Because I think also we intuitive empaths, we're really good at hiding from our own negative emotions. Oh, we're, we are exceptional at that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's how also negative people to slip hurt into anybody. our lives. Not wanting to hurt anybody's feelings, not wanting anyone to feel bad. Um, you know, add, add a side of guilt and you have the whole package. Exactly. <laughs> A side of guilt with a shameful dessert. Um, Okay, so chords can look like a lot of different things, too, when you try to meditate and visualize on them. So be open about what you might see when you meditate on the chords around your body, because they can appear as ropes or chains, hoses, threads, and sewer pipes. Have, have you ever seen like a black electrical cable? No. I've seen cables, like, the, you know, the, the big, thick, round ones that electricity... Sure. Yeah. I've seen like umbilical cords going from me to some people. 
Um, I've seen really lovely, like, pink cords of just happy light going from me to happy, like, healthy relationships. So I do think it's important to mention that some cords are really loving and positive and wonderful. Well, and kind of a good, for for our children are a good example of that. Mm -hmm. You know, that unconditional love, especially as babies, we might cord on in a way that that protective, that instinctual, and then as they get older and they, you know, they have more autonomy, there's some, some, some little other things might get mixed in with that. I per- personally believe that we always have a cord to, to our, our parents, especially a mother figure or a mother because of that early nurturing or lack of, and also the, um, to our children. And, it, it, and we have to be careful about those, but it's also, you're right, it can be the most loving incredibly beautiful exchange of energy that there is. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, okay. So cords can look like lots of different things, ropes and plugs and cables. Um, they can be hooks, like they can hook into your energy. I always see the hook like cord with really negative people who know they're kind of draining your energy. I agree. I don't think that's necessarily uh, common. The length, the color, shape, size, and texture will be different for each cord. So that's something to think about as well. Do you want to talk about like what, like do you want to jump into how to cut these cords or do you want to talk about different types of cords besides ones going to people next? Well, I I think um, that I think it's important to know. Um, I'm not sure, actually. Do you feel like we've covered enough of what the the cords and the energy? Because it is, I think, a, a, a like for a visual that fits for today's times, it's like having high speed internet, hmm. and it's broadband. Cords are broadband, and it, it's that it moves so quickly, and it and it, it's not. It's not necessarily conscious. When you get on online and you have a great connection and it's so lightning fast, that's how the exchange can happen. It might not be that you can see it coming or feel it coming. Um, but they're, they're, yeah, I think we should talk about how to cut them or, or ways because we're aware of them. We know what they are. We know what they look like, what it feels like. Um, would you like to start with that? Well, yeah, I'd like to start with, with a question because – one of the things that I used to, when I was studying cord cutting years ago, the teachers of the day were saying, oh, just ask your angels to do it. Just imagine Archangel Michael with his sword coming in and cutting the cords. And I would do that, and it would work for like a couple of days or a week, but then the cords would go right back. And so I really believe that you can ask the angels, especially Archangel Michael, to help you cut the cords. But my personal belief is that you need to visualize yourself cutting the cords. And I wanted to know what you thought about that. I, I agree with that. And I also think, um, you know, a, a lot of the cord cutting goes back to indigenous, uh, tribal, shamanic type work. And, and their take on it is, yes, you cut the cords, but you also have to pull out that root. And, and there are ceremonies about pulling out that root, and I think that that's important. Another thing that I think is highly, highly important, however you choose to cut cords, is to always send love and healing back to that person. 
and to yourself. So when you cut that cord, send a wave of, of light, of love, of, of healing to that person to counteract that dark or, or that negativity. Um, but I think, it, and sometimes we'll feel like we've gotten it and there's more, but it almost, um, it, there can be like a taproot. And if you don't get that out, it's going to continue to grow and make that connection. Um, so do you, do you agree with that? I totally do. Yeah. I think those cords can regrow so, so easily. Well, and that's a, the other point I wanted to make is that one of the things I'm always telling students is, you know, how important it is to cleanse our own energy, whether it's through a white light meditation or an aura shower or saging. But I always tell my students, if you want to be an intuitive, you have to cleanse your energy at least twice a day. And it's so simple. You know, in the morning, imagine white light going through you. In the evening, imagine white light going through you. And I always tell them, we have to brush our teeth twice a day. We have to shower every day. Why should we think that our that our emotional or intuitive energy is any different from our physical energy? You have to clean it every day. I think it's the same with cords. I'm not saying you have to cut cords every day. But what I am saying is... When I was first learning about cord cutting, I really thought it was something I could do once and done, you know, just do it once, cut the cords and be done. And that's not true. If you think about, um, you know, leaving a relationship, you know, to quote um, Heath Ledger's friend, you know, I I just can't quit you. (laughs) Like some relationships are hard to end, right? And the person keeps coming back or you keep going back to that person whether it's um, a romantic relationship or even a friendship, I think cords are the same way. Like some cords are just hard to cut and they won't be cut. The other person so quickly records with you. And so I just wanted to point out that you might do this meditation one time and think it's done. And then that person will harass or bother or call you or need you within a week and you think, well, Samantha and Denise don't know what they're talking about. That did not work. And the point is, no, it's not going to work one time. It's kind of like me doing 50 squats and then being upset that, you know, I still can't love my thighs the way I should. Because it's something <laughs> you have you to do. do you think it's that same of, of when you like getting into the routine of protecting yourself before you go into a toxic environment. You have to do it so many times before it just becomes automatic. And, and I think that's that same kind of a thing as building like a mini ritual around, or as you said, you have to brush your teeth. Maybe that's when you um, cut cords. Sometimes though, I'll find that uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just do a quick, cord cutting like I'll ask Archangel Michael please cut any cords like and I do this little rhymey thing um that I just because you do you need things to remember that you can do really quick uh and or take a selenite wand and and clear your aura or um you know if you if you have time take a bath in sea salt so it doesn't have to be a huge thing but it just constantly being aware of it and keeping your aura and your energetic field healthy healthy with boundaries, protect it. Yeah, all of that stuff. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna share how I do a cord cutting meditation, and then I thought you could share how you do a cord cutting meditation. Does that sound okay. good? 
Sounds wonderful. Okay. So the the main way, I have two ways that I do it, and I'll go through them quickly. But the main way that I'll do it is I will simply meditate, and I imagine myself. I have this little place I created for my meditations. It's my crystal cave. And I just imagine, I feel safe in there. I've created that crystal cave in my mind's eye. I've given it lots of good energy. So I imagine myself standing in that cave, and I just ask to be shown any energetic cords that are in my aura. And it's always amazing what will pop up. I mean, sometimes I look like an EKG machine with all these wires coming out of me. (laughs) And sometimes I only have like one or two cords. So it will change. And that's always interesting to see. I try really hard to just be accepting of what I see. Um, Then what you want to do is you want to take one of the cords, usually the strongest or thickest, and you want to follow it with your intention and see who or what it goes to. Now, I've I've done this meditation where it will go to somebody in my life, but I've also had this meditation where it will go to me, like Mm -hmm. my doppelganger. And then I'll have to ask my guide, like, what aspect of myself is this corded to? And sometimes he'll say, snarkily, I might add, your ego, or he might say your fear or your self-doubt. Sometimes I've even had cords go back to past memories that are holding me back today. So um, Denise and I will get more into that in a little bit. But just follow the cord, see where it goes. Feel the cord with your hand, if you can, in your meditation. See how thick and heavy it is. Uh, Make note of the texture, the color, the size, the weight of it. And then what you want to do is you want to ask to be shown or given a cord-cutting sword. And hold out your dominant hand. So for me, that's my left hand. For you, it might be your right hand. But the hand that you write with, hold out, and ask for your cord-cutting sword to appear. Um, I don't know why mine kind of looks like a pirate sword, like it's got that wide. Anyway, not that you all need to know that. So ask for your cord cutting sword to appear and just imagine, just accept what appears in your mind's eye. And that's your cord cutting sword that you will use every time that you do this. And then you imagine yourself cutting those cords with that knife. And then what I do is, um, I just imagine myself pulling out the root. And sometimes, like, I know my friend Deb imagines golden tweezers, and she, like, uses tweezers and plucks them out, um, which I think is a great visual. Most of the time, for some reason, I just walk over to the other person and pluck out that (laughs) the root of that cord myself. And then I imagine um, white light filling the gaping hole that's left by that cord being cut and severed and released. And I imagine it being filled with white light on both, you know, to that person and to me. Um, and then I see both of ours, both of our energetic bodies filled with white light. And I ask that all energy that is no longer serving both of us is now cleared, cleansed and deleted. Um, something else that I do when I have more time is I will stare at a candle flame. That's a really good meditation to do anyway to strengthen your third eye. But what you do is you um, sit in front of a candle and you stare at the flame until you kind of go into that zone. And you close your eyes and you try to picture that candle flame in your mind's eye. And if you look at the center of a candle flame, the light is not yellow. It's purple. 
And so that always helps me remember the power of the violet flame, that beautiful violet color that can burn away negativity. And so sometimes what I do is I'll imagine myself standing safely in the center of this candle flame with that purple violet light burning through my body and cleansing any residue of cords and severing them. Um, also, something that I think is good to do, let's say, for example, you cut a cord and then you feel that it's been reattached within a couple of days or even that night. If you're going through like an emotional issue with something, you're trying to cut a cord, they might reattach it within hours. One thing you can do is you can go back into your meditation space, whether it's your crystal cave or by the ocean or if it's in that candle flame, and you can hold that cord that's going to that person and ask, what is your message? Say to the cord, what is your message? What purpose do you serve? What lesson are you trying to teach me that I'm not releasing? Because that cord, in my opinion, will not cut and release until you have heard its message and learned its lesson. I so agree with that. Or it will reattach quickly in another place. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so I want to stop talking, let you jump in. How, how do you do your cord cutting? Very, very similar, except mine is more, uh, I visualize being out in nature, whether it's by the river, in the woods, by the ocean. That's my default position is to be outside and, and that whole nature energy. I'll do a grounding exercise where I'll picture the roots going into the, the earth where I am. Uh, and I'll like put kind of in the visualization, put my arms out and ask for those cords, but I'll visualize like almost like a body scan. And I'll see where where the cords are. And and again, I agree with with asking for the the tool. And it may be a sword, it may be a knife, it may be whatever it is you visualize. They might not give you an actual sword, but they will give you the tool you're meant to have to cut those cords. And I, I you know I'll just start at my head and go right, or they go right down, and I'll see the cords being cut. If there's something specific. I'll, I'll literally take my hand on that place on my body if I can reach it, and I'll you know how you'll you'll pull out a rope or you'll pull um, pull out a cord pull out, not it's you can feel it being removed, and often if it's something that has been there a long time or is very deeply deeply rooted, I'll get a physical reaction where I'll almost feel a little um, unsettled or or my stomach gets upset. I feel like I'm. Um, you know, very, um, what's the word? Not that I'm, I'm going to purge, but it feels like that kind of a thing. And I think that that's why you're purging this negative energy. And sometimes your body may have a physical reaction to that. I think it's really, really important when you, when you are cutting cords, don't forget to lift your feet up in the visualization and cut as far as because that's another piece. And if you're saging for, for, to protect yourself, Always remember to lift your feet and sage under your feet as well. Um, but pulling out those roots, and, and often when I pull those out, I do visualize that violet flame and I drop those right in because then it, it is released um, into in, and it's disintegrated. I do send the, the love and the light. I uh, Again, I agree with you completely about filling that space with healing white light or pink light or, you know, golden white. I do... 
depending on the situation, I will ask, um, you know, station or station, ask archangels or guides to surround where I am for a protective circle. Um, I think that it's, and it can, again, as I mentioned earlier, be a very quick thing. Or uh, sometimes in my work environment, I'll just say, Archangel, please cut these, Archangel Michael, please cut these cords. Or I'll visualize like a, uh, just a, a quick fell swoop of things being removed from my auric field that aren't as deeply rooted. Um, so I, I do think that you, the important thing is to, yes, do the meditation, figure out what works best for you. Because what works for Samantha or what works for me, you may get a different tool or a different method. But the point is, this is your inner knowing as far as releasing and pulling that out. And also, I agree, as far as sending healing and light and love back to that person, which can be hard if it's been um, a painful or, or, or a less than positive experience with someone. And it may take time. You may be able to cut that cord and send the healing to yourself. It might take a few times to be able to send that that healing and love back to someone else. And that's okay. Um, do you, do you, do you agree about finding what works best for you? I do a hundred percent. You can't, you can't, you can't take anything that we say on this show or anyone says anywhere as a hundred percent truth or gospel. You've got to do what works for you. If it doesn't resonate for you, change it, move on, shed it. That's how we empower ourselves. And that's why I don't, I don't agree with just saying, Hey, Archangel Michael, could you stop battling like the forces of evil in the world and help me cut cords today? Like, I just don't believe, I think you have to do it yourself. I agree. Um, I wanted to piggyback on something you said about not forgetting to look at the bottoms of your feet. Denise, this is one of the reasons why I love you so much because we think alike so on so many things. I have always said um, the soles of your feet, I know it's spelled S-O-L-E, but I still feel that they're called the soles of your feet for a very specific reason. Have you guys ever wondered that? Like, why is it called the sole of your of your foot? I feel like the bottoms of our feet, it's something important. I, I don't know what it is. I well, Then you look at reflexology, where yes. all those points in your feet connect with a, an internal organ and a system. We're designed very well. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. And so um, that's something that I always try to do is I try to pay attention to my feet when I'm um, doing cord cutting, when I'm doing cleansing. Um, when I'm doing energy work. And so I just think that's important to remember because the feet get a bad rap and it's a, there's a lot of important stuff there. So I just wanted to highlight that when you said that. Um, I have yeah. to wonder too is, I've never thought about this before, but I wonder if that's one of the, the ways that we pick up negative energy, say in a work environment. Like we walk in the same way, we go through the same door, we, you know, we, 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 and I'm wondering, do we suck that up in through our feet? You know, it could be, and I wonder, you know, it's funny, I don't know um, if this is like a genetic thing or an intuitive thing, but my dad and I hate to wear shoes. Me too. And I've noticed that people I tend to like don't like shoes. I don't know. And I wonder if there's something to that. I used to go visit my dad. He had this like big office in New York City and this very important man. 
And he was always, he had his suits tailor-made. Like he was a very proper gentleman. And you'd go, you'd go to meet him in his office and he would shake your hand barefoot <laughs> in a, in a, in a suit. It was so funny, but, but he, he has a lot of intuitive energy and he feels energy. And I wonder, you know, when people look at me walking or I walk around every, like, I don't leave my house barefoot, please people. I'm not, you know, I'm not like those people who show up at Walmart in pajamas, but <laughs> I walk around my house and my yard barefoot. And oftentimes, like, people will say to me, like, oh, you're going to track dirt into your house. Well, first of all, I'm the one that's going to clean it. So what's it to you? And second of all, no, like, I just, I wipe my feet down when I come inside. But I have to walk around my yard barefoot a lot. Do you do that, too? I, I do. I've, I've done it forever. And I've also, that's, it, it's so many practices will say, get outside, step on the earth, feel that energy. And the, the healing benefits of being barefoot. And, yeah. you know, they had said that when you go to a beach, and, and I'm going back to the reflexology, one of the other reasons it's so beneficial is when you walk on sand or you walk on that type of a surface, it hits every single pressure point in your foot. Wow. Because, which, doesn't that make perfect sense? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But I think okay. also that connection to earth energy is incredibly important as well. I do too. And that's how we can, even if you never do a cord cutting, even if you're listening to this going, what the heck are these two ladies smoking? I don't get <laughs> cord cutting. I'm not doing it. That's fine. But we, you can, even if you still have a cord for the next 50 years of your life, you can still release some of the excess energy just by being connected to nature. Or you can release some of the negative energy that's created from these cords just by being connected to nature, whether that's walking around barefoot or whether that's going to the ocean or swimming in a lake or gardening or just taking a walk around your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so let's talk about cord cutting in terms of um, different aspects that that we haven't always read about or studied about. Like, let's talk about weird places that cords can create and go to. Oh. Uh, do you have something specific in mind? Well, I just wanted to talk about how sometimes we can create, I believe, that we can create cords that go to aspects of ourselves that we're not wanting to face. Oh, the shadow stuff, yes. The shadow stuff. Um, I think that our shadow side is kind of like that whiny kid that never gets the attention it needs. And so I think that sides of ourselves, and, and not even just shadow sides. I don't even just mean shadow sides. I mean like, you know that little voice that tells you um, this relationship isn't working? You need, you need to wake up and see that this is not a happy, healthy relationship for you. And you know how you go through your day and you're like, oh, stop that mean little voice. Be positive. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't necessarily think that that voice is a shadow side as much as it is a higher self or our, our true intuition. Or let's say you go to interview for a job and you walk in and you just kind of feel like, ooh, it's not negative energy, but you just feel, I don't belong here. This isn't my place. And yet you still try to make it fit. Yes. 
I feel and that maybe a cord- necessity. Yes, of course. Yeah, you need the darn job. But I, I still feel that a cord of fear can be created from that. A cord of insecurity, a cord of inadequacy. And so I think it's important to pay attention to not only who do these cords go to, but what do these cords go to. I think that these cords can go to um, childhood events that we still are healing from or are still affecting us today. And I think we can even have cords that go to past lives that are, um, that are hindering us in our present life. So I think it's interesting when you're doing a, a cord cutting meditation to be open to following that cord and seeing where it goes. And you made a good point earlier about being corded to pets, mm-hmm. um, and and I think that that is is a huge thing, especially as as sensitive and empathic people, we get that unconditional love and that that connection with animals that we may not always get with people. Um, the other thing that I read about was connecting to objects or things or places, and and that can be also good or bad. But when it becomes I think a key word in all of this is when you get too much in your head about it and it's obsessive or it doesn't feel good or it it doesn't um, it, it might feel manipulative or it might and, and for things ourselves or towards or from other people. Um, does, do, do you agree with that? Yeah. G- give an example by like what like a cord being connected to a place. Um. I think sometimes if we're in a home where there has been a lot of discord or uh, a lot of um, negative things have happened or maybe, you know, uh, a fire or arguments or something, you, you might cord onto that or feel that energy of the house as a cord. So that's again, goes into clearing space, sage, healing the house as well as yourself. It can be a negative work environment. I, I think that because everything is energy and it's all about what level, what frequency things are vibrating at, and that's just science, that um, we, we have to be aware that it might not just be a cord from another person. It might be from a work environment. It might be from an old apartment. Or especially, that's what's really weird is when you move into a place and you sense that energy. Is someone else leaving cords to that place? It, and also to objects when someone is so, and yes, I, I realize that, you, you know, you may have things you cherish, but when it becomes too over the top, is that a positive connection to that object? Right. Oh, that's so good. Those are good examples, too. And I think that you can you can see that in in doing a cord cutting meditation where you just simply visualize yourself and ask to see the cords that are going um, in, in that, from your body and follow them. Right. And, and if you're not, if you don't see the cord, sense it or feel it or, or go with a physical reaction because it's that same place in your, in your brain that is intuitive. And some of us are more clairvoyant. Some of us are more clairsentient. So even if you don't visualize it, feel it or sense it or whatever modality works best for you with your intuition. And I do want to say, I think the important part of being an enlightened empath is not being afraid to look at yourself objectively 
And I think sometimes doing this cord cutting meditation can help us do that because sometimes we are the energy drain. Yes. And I think it's really important to be able to recognize that. Are you are you shocked, Denise? I'm always shocked when people in social situations don't get subtle clues. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, like when when you can't tell that someone's kind of bored with, you know, you talking about the 17 different types of boats that are out in the harbor. <laughs> or when you can't tell that someone's trying to cut the conversation short, they've looked at their watch or their phone three times. I think, you know, being an awakened empath is really important because it helps us get that awareness. Not all the time. I mean, there are times when I'll get so excited about a subject that I'm learning about, and I can feel the boredom on the other end of the phone with a friend I'm talking to. (laughs) And there are times when I'm like, I don't care if you're bored. You need to know this. This is exciting. And then I become that energy drain. And then I stop. I promise. I do stop. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's also the, the, just to, to jump the fence into when we're working with people energetically, because as empaths, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this do do work as intuitives, or, or they want to work as intuitives, or mediums, or psychics, or, or sensitives, or whatever word we want to give that. And that some people, you, you really, you vibrate at such a high frequency, and even after the, the session or the reading or whatever it is is over, your energy is still vibrating way up here versus other people when you feel just so depleted. That's a huge sign about cords and energy exchange. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, because when you mentioned how some of your clients you can feel are kind of feeding off of your energy, that really hit home with me because I think a lot of people come to see intuitive psychics, healers um, as a quick fix. I think they look to us as a quick fix. I think they look at therapy as, oh, that's too hard. I don't want to talk about my childhood. I just want to go to the psychic and I want her to tell me everything's going to be okay. Or I want to go to this healer and I want her or him to fix everything for me. And there's this kind of, you know, I'm not going to do the work. I'm going to, I'm going to hire you to do the work for me. And that energy alone can be very, very draining. But let's talk about some suggestions that people can do in their own practice to prevent that energy drain. I mean, I think cord cutting is a really good technique. I think if you're working as an intuitive or a healer or a counselor of any sort, that you should do a cord cutting meditation at, at least weekly. Well, I think that, you know, the, the energetic protection and the cord cutting are vital tools to have and, and practices to use. On a, I agree. Um, so, this is something I do after every reading, whether I leave the person in, in front of me or I hang up the phone. I take my my 10 fingers and I put them together like, like steepling them so that they're all touching. And then I say the person's name and I say, um, I disconnect from John Doe's energy. And as I say that I break my finger, my hands apart and I shake the energy out. Ooh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And that helps a lot. It's so, it takes, you know, 20 seconds. It's easy. 
And I don't know if my little fingertips are doing the work as much as the intention of me saying I disconnect from this person's energy. And see, be, be, and I think I've shared this with you before, before I do any readings in person or I do a ritual and a routine as far as I pull energy up through through the earth and I pull it up through all of, I light up all of my chakras. I visualize them each lighting up and I do a, a kind of a, you know, ask for the highest and best for myself and to honor the light in the other person and to get my ego out of the way. There's a whole thing that goes with that. It's very quick. And then I open up my crown chakra and say, and, uh, and I open to divine. And then when I'm done with the reading, I do it in reverse and I close it back down. So I, I pull that energy back into my crown and down through. And then I wish that person, you know, the highest and best. So I think it's a similar exchange, just a different technique. No, I think that is too. I And I do that too. Like I open my chakras and then I close them, but I don't close them after each client. Like if I have four readings in a day, I'll open them at like 9 a.m. And then if I'm done at 2, I'll close them at 2 p.m. But between clients, I don't close up and then reopen. Do you do it for each one? No, if I'm doing, uh, now yesterday I was, I did a bunch in a row. And so it was like boom, boom, boom. And and I stayed open the whole time. And then when the end of the day, I closed down. But if I do a reading at 9 in the morning and I'm not going to do another one until 2 in the afternoon, I will shut down in between because I don't want to be out open in the grocery store or um, yeah so but if, if it's That's a long so stretch I I I will do that too and and what I but I'm not as good as you like sometimes I'll forget and then I'll I'll like drive to pick up my kids to school from school and do you ever drive somewhere and you totally have no memory of driving when yes. you get there yeah, and I know, oh my gosh, I left everything open. It's like, you know, robbers can come in because my energy is <laughs> wide open. Or sometimes I'll panic if I'm driving back and I'll say, oh, I didn't close down and say thank you. Because oh, I do. Yeah. I always give gratitude as well and say thank you for your help. Because I think that's important that uh, to keep that, that ego stuff out of the way and realize it isn't us. We're, we're, the, we're the conduit. Um, exactly. That's what medium means. We're just the the go between. Um, yeah, so I think that's really important to to disconnect from their energy. I also, being the crystal chick, I rely on crystals. Those little hard working rocks, they work. And so I think it's important to um, always wear a crystal on your body uh, for protection, especially if you're empathic. Yeah. Um, and we can do a show on crystals for empaths, so I promise I won't go off a tangent right now. Denise, I know you're thinking, oh, here she goes. She's going to drain my energy with all her crystal knowledge. <laughs> I, I wasn't at all. I was just, just going to add to that that I have a little, like a spot where I certain crystals, and I know in the morning which ones I have to put in my pocket for the day. And, and, there's, and you, you just you, you build a relationship with them and you know what you need. Even if you don't, can't identify exactly, oh, I need this for this, you know, okay, I need that blue stone in my pocket today. Mm-hmm. And then um, the other thing, and, and Denise and I have talked about doing a show on this, about setting boundaries with clients, so we will revisit all of these topics. But another way to prevent uh, people that you're working with from draining your energy is to become really comfortable setting boundaries. One thing that took me years to learn is that I can say no to a client. Like just because they schedule a reading with me doesn't mean I have to do it. 
Right. That's huge. And so that is really huge. And I think that's one of the best ways, you know, forget cutting the cord, just prevent the cord from being able to attach at all by just trusting your intuition and saying, nope, I'm not going to read for you. So I think that's important to think about. Um, Another tip or technique for shedding energy from clients, when I get um, home from doing readings, I will take my shoes off in the garage. Like I'll le- it's like a symbolic way of leaving the energy out the door. I have a good friend who's a nurse in a hospital, like ER setting, and she has she deals with a lot of energy. And she said, I always take my shoes off at the back door. She said, A, because I've been walking around a nasty hospital all day. Right. She said, but B, it's a way for me to remember I'm leaving that energy at the door. Yes. And I like that tip. I love that tip. So I think there's a lot of good techniques, you know, to just say, you know, no, I'm not, I'm not ready for this um, energy from this client. I'm not going to take it on. And I think you can, the more you accept and own that you are an intuitive empath and that you can feel energy so easily and that you can feel the cords that have been connected between you and someone, I do believe the more easily or the, the better you'll get at preventing those negative cords from being created in the first place and learning how to cut them when they are created. And it also empowers you. It gives you back a sense of self that you're in control of, of what's physically and energetically happening in your in your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of good books um, that you can check out on. Well, there's actually I I take that back. There's not a lot of good books. There's a couple of good books on on cord cutting. Um, there's a lot of good chapters on cord cutting in books I've read on intuitive empaths. Um, I know Dr. Judith Orloff has written a lot about cord cutting, and and I think Denise, you and I both agree on her work and and her techniques for cord cutting. So I would recommend that you start there. Um, And there's some good cord cutting meditations for free on YouTube. You can listen to and see which ones kind of jive with you, which ones feel right. Uh, at the end of the day, I think it's important to experiment with a couple of these different techniques that we've laid out today, but also with techniques that other intuitives recommend. And then kind of taking from taking what works from us, taking what works from them, taking what works from you, and creating your own visualization to help you cut these cords that works for you. Exactly. And if you do feel more connected with a more indigenous or shamanic or it's all going in the same direction. It's still healing yourself and sending healing energy back to other people. Well said. Okay, so do you have anything else you want to say about cord cutting before we wrap up? No, and and I think that this this was nice. I would um I think we covered a lot of bases and and uh, hopefully people are feeling they have some skills to do this on their own or at least some resources to to do more research and find out if this is something that they need to make a regular practice. Yes. And I and I hope if anyone takes anything from this hour it's that you are in power, you are in control of your energy. Only you can protect it, only you can clean it, only you can clear it. Perfect. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us once again for an hour with the Enlightened Empaths. Um, Denise and I specifically named the show Enlightened Empaths and not The Enlightened Empaths because we wanted to emphasize that this isn't about Denise and me being enlightened. It's about all of us being in a community of enlightened empaths together. So when we say the enlightened empaths, we want you to know we're talking about all of you listening to the show, not just us sitting up on some imaginary mountain that we don't belong on. (laughs) We're all in this together. We are all in this together. And and the more we can connect with one another and and raise our own vibration and light and spirituality, that's going to really help with the healing that needs to happen. Um, on a global level right now. Well said. So if you want to reach out to us, I am at samanthafay.com. Denise is at thegratefulmessenger.com. If you like our show, please consider leaving us a nice review on iTunes because it just helps other people find us. We thank you so much for listening. Please join us again next week when we bring you another hopefully exciting and informational hour. In the meantime, we hope you have a wonderful, wonderful, blessed week. Yes. Best to all of you. Take care. Bye.